This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. Big week for you. As we record, you are T minus, I should have done the maths before we started, T minus two days, 72 hours. hours? 48. 48 hours? Yeah. Wow. Someone's <laughs> counting. <laughs> until what? Oh, yeah. And, until <laughs> until you are no longer Mr. Bryce Lesky and uh, you'll soon be Mr. Bryce Alexander Lesky. <laughs> yes, I'll be married in other words, Ren. That is right. <laughs> You're going double-barreled, right? Uh, no. <laughs> but yes, very excited. Uh, big weekend coming up. Can't wait to share it with you and all of my family and friends. It's going to be awesome. What I've learnt, the, the one we we like to start with what we've learnt this week yeah. um, from an investing standpoint. What I've learnt from a life standpoint is it's great to be a groomsman because I've done absolutely nothing but I just get the, the perks of the week. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, like wow, the, the groomsmen actually don't do a lot. Like the, in theory, I think, you know, I'm – you know, if I was super stressed or needed things, like you're kind of meant to lead on the groomsmen yeah, or, the, or the best like, man a bit. But I like, think in theory we're meant to do more organising for the bar. You, you never know. I might have a few things in store for you on the weekend. Great. Happy to. <laughs> happy so, to unfold some chairs or hold yeah, some nice, umbrellas. Nice. There, we, there might be a lot Drive of- um, a bus. There might be a lot of umbrella holding given what the weather forecast is. But anyway, let's get moving. Big episode today, Ren. We'll obviously kick off with what we've learnt this week. Then we're nine months into the year, so we're going to have a look at some of the headlines from the ASX for those that are playing the ASX game. It will be helpful for those who aren't. It'll still be uh, helpful. We're going to have a bit of fun with um, coming up with some of our own news headlines as well. And then the British pound has been whacked. So what does that actually mean for UK stocks? Because some of them appear to be on sale. So Mm. let's get started. Let's do it. So uh, as we always like to do, what we've learnt this week... uh what have you learned this week? Uh, what have I learned oh, this sorry, week? Sorry, I'm laughing because last week in the uh, in the Google Doc you had diversification works. Yeah. This week I'm looking and you've just got Lego. <laughs> I learned how to do Lego. All right, hit me. What have you no, got? No, no. Well, my first one is governments can't read the room. Okay. That's my first one. Um, it was pretty unsurprising but startling to see some of the measures that are coming out of the UK government when it comes to tax cuts, given what's going on with the cost of living and everything, uh, the proposed tax cuts in terms of rewarding those that are at the top end of the pay scale and cutting those, cutting corporate tax. It just feels like the time is not now yeah, for so doing that they, sort of stuff. <laughs> they're eliminating the top tax bracket. Yep. Uh, and so people that are in the top tax bracket will then automatically move into the lower one. They're uh, reducing corporate tax. And then the biggest element of not reading the room is they're, re- they're ending the cap of banker bonuses. Yes, yeah, scrapping a cap on banking bonuses. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and well, I mean, if people haven't seen the effect of that, and it's not just that, like Britain's got, a number of problems uh, 
outside, a number of financial problems outside of that. But uh, the pound got whacked um, and then the British bond market has been in so much trouble that the Bank of England had to step in to prop up the bond market because British pension funds are about to collapse. Mm. It's nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's just like read the room, honestly. Mm. Um, so that's what I learned. It's As I said, it's not surprising, but it's like, come on, guys. It's, yeah. Anyway, I did have here Lego though, Ren. If there's one company in the world, one or two companies in the world that I wish you could get access to because it's not listed, mm. it's Lego. Okay. Why is that? Well, they've just, um, they reported... Uh, their earnings this week and they continue to be... Why are they reporting their earnings if they're not listed? Don't know. Just news? Just because they're just like, YOLO, how good's this? Because it's, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they've just proven that they're the titans of the, le- of the toy world. They've reported their first half of the year earnings, first half earnings, and uh, they continue to be the world's leading toy manufacturer. They opened 66 new stores in China alone in the first half of the year and boosted sales by 17% compared to the previous period. And uh, they grew market share in every single one of the regions that they operate in, Um, which compared to what else is going on in the toy manufacturing world is pretty surprising. What else is going on in the toy manufacturing world? Uh, There's a bit of a squeeze going on. But what I did find interesting, Ren, was the reason that they've been able to do this, um, they say, is due to their manufacturing facilities and their their strategy is to manufacture as close as possible to all of their major markets so that they haven't actually been impacted anywhere near as much by supply constraints over the last 12 months than some of their major competitors. And they're about to open a $1 billion factory in the US to continue with this strategy. So um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. They sell over 100 billion bricks a year. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So that's what I learned. It's not listed though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating what competitive advantages can come from. You know, like Duplo never, was that the other one, the knockoff? Duplo, Duplo, I think so, yeah. Never really really got off the ground, but it is just plastic bricks. Plastic bricks. And they also haven't changed their pricing. They haven't upped any of their pricing. No, they're pricing stupidly high. This year they haven't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They haven't touched their pricing. Yeah, Lego is... It's Lego is a it's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's primo. So anyway, that's what I learned. What, what have you learned? So uh, last week uh, I spoke about how I've set up um, auto investing. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And well, I was in the process of setting it up, um, and we were talking about what ETFs you would uh, you would auto invest into, and uh, we didn't have an answer. So I have an answer and okay, nice. we can't we can't speak about specific products but I'll give you the geographic spread um, so I didn't do an all world ETF just one all world ETF because it would have too much of a US bias yeah because um, uh, I think it's like what 60 or 70 between 60 and 70 percent of the all world index is American stocks um, so what I've done is five stocks and Australia uh, sorry five ETFs one uh, that holds Australian companies, one US, one UK. I'm not sure about that at the moment, although <laughs> stocks are on sale. We'll get to that. Uh, one mainland Europe and then one Asia X Japan. Mm-hmm. And so I've just got the minimum amount going into those. No thematics? 
no thematics. Maybe in like no thematics, no property, no active management. I mean, I'm not made of money. Yes. Until you pay, give me a pay rise. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> but that for me was um, that's how I'm structuring it. So, what do you think? Can I ask on the? Fr- can I ask the? Fr- I, I think it makes sense. I definitely agree with the all world approach because you're then not like not not taking yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you really only then just get, yeah, yeah, as you said rightly so. You're only just really getting returns from the US. And um, I like the spread across, you've pretty much covered the world, but yeah. h- how did you decide on S&P over, say, going a NASDAQ? It's because the S&P includes the NASDAQ, but the NASDAQ doesn't include the S&P. And yeah. obviously tech has outperformed to just a stupid degree in America. And so everyone gravitates to the NASDAQ because of what it's done. But the S&P just gives you actually the 500 biggest publicly listed companies, whatever sector they're in, whatever exchange they're listed on, whereas the NASDAQ doesn't. Mm. And so it's just, I think like the, the at its core, what index investing is, is about getting exposure to the biggest companies in a market. Mm. And that's the S&P 500 in the States. So then here's the next question. Uh, portfolio management and construction, have you gone equal weighting to all of them? Equal weighted. Nice. And you're going to keep it that way? For now. Well, I mean, like, because this is like, I'm just doing minimum Set investment. Uh, just get get the ball rolling. See if I like the platform that I'm using. Because there are other options that offer auto invest. So I'm not locked into this one um, if I decide that for whatever reason, I don't like it. And so what's the, if you don't mind me asking, what's the frequency? So I get paid fortnightly. And so it's just like part of the automatic funds nice. transfer now. Love yeah, it. Yeah. DCA in action. Yes, yes. Awesome. Now, we were asked a question on the forum. Uh, and if you want to chat to us, respond to uh, these episodes, um, chat to the Equity Mates community. The link is community.equitymates.com. Yes. Uh, and we'll include that in the show notes. Uh, but someone asked on the forum, am I missing out on compounding? Like by selling ETFs on different brokers and consolidating in one broker? And the answer is no, um, th- uh, but I am creating a taxable event. Mm. So if I'm selling 10 units on broker A and then uh, taking that money and, and buying on broker B, um, then you know I'm buying the same amount of units, uh, putting the same amount of money back in the market just with a different broker. So I'm not missing out on compounding, but there is a taxable event. Luckily, there's some capital losses that I recognized last year. Um, and some of the ETFs I only bought recently, so it's not like there's massive capital gains. So that's that's that. There was another question asked on the forum about why don't I just transfer the shares? Oh, yeah, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, and- I reckon you can't be bothered. Too much paperwork. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Because I actually didn't even think about that. You should have just done that, bro. Nah, too much paperwork. <laughs> There's only one broker that lets you do an online form. Yeah, but like you're paying tax. Like, but I'm not paying tax. That's the thing. I'm missing out on the future on the opportunity to offset future tax by by using the capital losses now. Oh, so you reckon your capital losses covered it? I know they have. Oh, okay. Well, fair call. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look, you, it is a it is a good lesson though. If you can be bothered to do paperwork, you can actually transfer between brokers. So you don't have to have a tax event if you want to yeah. set up your brokers like. And friend. like, like let's, let's <laughs> But I do I do admit it is paper. It's not paper heavy, but it requires paper. It requires a printer. Yeah, it requires a printer. Who's got a printer? We have one here. Who knows how to set up the printer? (laughs) Our head of growth, Alf. All right, let's keep moving. Those are two things we've learnt. If you are keen to um, 
contribute to the conversation. Let us know what you learned. As Ren said, uh, we've got Australia's most welcoming investor forum now live, community.equitymates.com. Check it out, sign up and come and join the conversation with the Equitymates community. We are off Facebook. All right. Well, technically we're still on it, but we're not engaged. We're, we're, we're engaging in our forum. We're, we're slowly migrating off we're Facebook migrating. like what? the rest of the world. That's it. One day we'll boot it. All right. Ren, ASX movers and shakers. The ASX game is in full swing. If you're not aware of what it is, you get $50,000 in fake money and can play uh, a game against many other competitors here in Australia on the ASX 200. <laughs> and we are going to have a look at what has happened on the ASX over the last nine months. Uh, we've filtered down uh, stocks that are over 750 million in market cap and had a look at their year to date returns. We've basically just had a look at the ASX 200. Yeah, we got yeah. Well, <laughs> no, there's plenty of, okay. Yeah, okay. Because there's be a lot of stocks on sub 750. Well, yeah, there's like <laughs> yeah. what, 2000 stocks listed yeah. in Australia. But um, basically we've, we're nine months into the year, What's happened? Who's moved the index? What are the companies? Um, I never really, I was trying to think like, so movers are like the companies that move the index, but like what's shakers? Shakers are the ones that come in and ruffle some feathers. (laughs) 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 Ruffle feathers. All right. Well, uh, anyway, we've looked at movers and shakers. We've, uh, and then we've come up with headlines that sum up the year so far. Yes. And then we're going to come up with some headlines that predict the remainder of the year. And, nice. Uh, I think there'll be some fun there. But let's start with uh, what companies have moved the index. Um, what have been the biggest gainers this year? Well, Ren, no surprises for those that have kept their eye on the coal market because a lot of the gainers uh, are in coal and resources. The biggest gainer is Whitehaven Coal at uh, 187% mm-hmm. rise since the start of the year. New Hope Corporation, 133%. Then we go into Core Lithium, up 100%. Yan Coal Australia, up 93%. And Stanmore Resources, up 87%. So four of the five biggest gainers of the year are coal companies. Yeah. Who says Australia is a market of bankers and miners? A lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you hold any of those? No. No. Uh, So look, I... I get that the world still needs coal. Uh, I get that there's a argument around like uh, access to electricity in India and stuff like that is a human right and Australian coal facilitates that. I get all of that. But from an ASG point of view, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not going to invest in coal. Yeah. I just, it's just not where the world is going. Like even forget ASG. It's just like you want to invest in industries that have long runways and I just don't believe it in coal and hey I was wrong this year but very short term someone in our uh the apple podcast reviews said uh what was it like there's a few moments of woke millennialism your ESG dog whistling whistling. well (laughs) hey uh, if I could whistle I'd be doing it right now (laughs) shout out but yeah look that's just my personal personal view like I hold I hold some companies that would not pass ESG screens but coal for me is not one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for those that have held uh, or have, uh, we've had a few experts come on the show who've definitely spoken about um, their investments in coal and have obviously done quite well. So that if it is uh, for you, then full credit, 187% return in a year where we're down what? Plus 10%, 20%, yeah. You can't complain with that. So absolutely some big winners. 
How about our shakers or losers? Yeah, so I think the biggest loser this year is there's an asterisk next to it, Tabcorp Holdings, but they split out their lotteries business. So I think that's just a quirk in the data. Tabcorp, if you held Tabcorp and somehow missed out on the the lottery shares, you'd be down 82%. That's why that's down so much. So strike that from the record. The biggest five losers this year, Megaport down 61%. Chalice Mining down 60%, Boral down 58%, Domino's Pizza down 56%, and Evolution Mining down 55%. You know, the, you know, I think the filter would have screwed this, but at the start of the year, it would have um, fallen in the filter, I think, Ren, and that's zip pay. <laughs> how much, yeah, how much is, oh, no, 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 zip wasn't. Zip doesn't have over a $750 million market now cap. Now it doesn't, but at the start of the year it would have, surely. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, 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 now it's only got $467 million, but at the start of the year, because it's down 84% and I'm pretty sure there's yeah, a lot, okay, lot of... Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been absolutely ham- hammered. Uh, uh, well, tough year. But anyway, on the filter now, yes, it doesn't because it is... It's hurting. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So, Bryce, there's some of the biggest movers... And shakers. Um, good year for coal, bad year for most other stocks. Yeah. So rather than us just uh, talking about companies and percentages, we wanted to sort of wrap up some of these narratives into some headlines for this year. So let's get into those. Let's sum up the nine months of the year so far. And the first one that we've already touched on, coal number one performer, daylight second. Daylight second. Can't, the- can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe oil second. Yeah, I was just going to say oil. Yeah, <laughs> oil is pretty close up there. Energy. Natural gas. <laughs> Ener- yeah. Lumber. No, lumber's come down a bit. Lumber's come down massively. Corn. Corn was big this start of this year, wasn't it? Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> yes, you wouldn't uh, raise an eyebrow if you saw that as a headline. What else have you got? Well, what else have you got? I've got one. Too old, too slow. That's a throw to the recent Cats Geelong team. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're not doing AFL headlines. I know. Too old, too slow. <laughs> Central Bank's caught napping, now trying to play catch-up. Okay. I feel like... Um, Why has their age got anything to do with it? It's a headline, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a headline. I'm, yeah, you know, people write things in headlines that it's just catchy. Sure. Too old, too <laughs> slow. And get some youth into these central banks, I reckon. Sure. Uh, one from me, Wax No More, Wise Tech Separates from the Pack. Now, Wax was Australia's answer to Fang. It was Wise Tech, Afterpay, Appen, Altium and Zero. They were the, like, the, the up-and-coming tech names of the last few years. Well, this year, four of the five are down at least 20%. Appen is down about 70%. Mm, it's been hammered. Um, Afterpay, obviously acquired by Block, but, you know, Block down 52%. So they've all been whacked, except for WiseTech. It is down, but it's down 10% rather than plus 20%. So is WiseTech starting to set? We, we saw Fang break up a bit. Netflix got left behind. Maybe WiseTech is pulling ahead at the moment of the wax. I would say it definitely is. Or it's Appen should at least <laughs> sketch on out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zero is still a great company, but it's down. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. we, we use it and we yeah. think it's great for our business. It's down like 40%. Although I did see um, I did see in the AFR this week that um, a couple of guys have raised a fair, fair chunk of cash to 
build a competitor f- to zero? Well, there's yeah, there's mm. heaps of competitors out there. Name one. Intuit QuickBooks. Nah, not as not as prolific here in Australia. Merit, that's an American company. Yeah, yeah, but like this is Australia first. That's, that feels like a really arbitrary <laughs> distinction, but okay. <laughs> anyway, I've got another one, Ren, yeah, and please. this is cu- this is uh, in line with your call. I've got energy, the most obvious trade of the decade so far. Okay, up forty five percent. If it was so obvious, why didn't you do it? I'm not a trader. I'm an investor. And oh, what you hate money or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, why aren't you investing in coal? Uh, ESG. <laughs> oh, you hate money? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think. Look, I, and I say this. I, well, no, this is what I say this in hindsight. In hindsight, like, was it obvious that Putin was going to invade Ukraine? No, and but I feel Western like sanctions would I dry up the energy market. I feel like I, if it was obvious, you could have given some people a heads up. Uh, I feel like that's not a, a hard line to draw is what, what happened in, with Putin and Ukraine and then what's going to happen to energy markets. I feel like that should have just been... Oh, you're it, saying you're saying like, once the invasion happened, we should have realised that Western sanctions were yeah, target energy. Yeah, like I, I, feel, I feel like in hindsight that should have just been an easy line across saying macro bang. Oh. But in, anyway, I'm harsh on myself. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ifs, ands, or buts there. But you but, know what I mean. But hey, you you're the headline I mean. writer, so. I mean, that's it. All right, what do you got? Um, quality is on sale is the headline. And then subheading. Well, I didn't know we were doing subs. <laughs> subheading. Here's a few companies down more than 20%. Macquarie, West Farmers, Goodman Group, REA Group, the ASX, and Zero. ASX. Yeah. yeah. No, I love this one and have certainly taken advantage of some of these. I'm not going to name names, but love it. Yeah, there's some- Great time. What, what their fair value is, that's- for you to do your own work on, but there are some high quality companies that are cheaper than they were at the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to close out, Ren, um, the only thing that was transitory were the green numbers in my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tough year. Uh, I've got one more um, headline. Stop gambling on ethics. Subhead. Both casino operators get raked over the coals around Australia. Yeah. It's been a bad year to be a casino operator. Mm. Star, they had a commission in Sydney Mm -hmm. and what the recommendation was they lose their license license, or, yeah. yeah. And then Crown, uh, they had commissions, what, WA, Victoria Mm. and New South Wales Mm. and same recommendations and they did, well, they, they obviously got sold or they are getting sold. Bad year to be a casino operator. Bad year to be a casino operator, yeah. It's, and it's still going for them. But, and, um, and to be honest, it's not about the year. It's about the operators. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's. Um, that's till now, Ren. That's nine months yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. We're going to. Uh, if you think we missed any headlines, maybe we do a post on the forum about it. Sure. What okay. headlines did we miss? Yeah. And now we're going to have a bit of a a bit of a prediction as to what could the headlines be for the remainder of the year. So let's let's rip through these ones, Ren. What do you got? First one, chess mate, <laughs> subhead. ASX announced sixth delay on chess replacement project. <laughs> Love it. And I can definitely see it. For those that are unaware, the ASX have been trying for a, a fair while now to bring in blockchain technology to... Uh, replace their current chess yeah. chess system. So chess is uh, how they know like who's holding stocks. Um, this is why we get all that paperwork from our brokers. Um, and the ASX have been trying to replace it for a long, long time. They've announced five delays. They've replaced their CEO. 
Will there be a six? Yeah. Um, <laughs> love it. I'm going to say there will be. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. I'm going to – I've got one and it's investors hold hope for Santa's rally as NASDAQ ends year with record falls. Well, you reckon there's more pain? I reckon come? it'll be worse than – so in 2000, the tech crash, they were, it, I, finished, I think it finished down 50%. Yeah. It's currently just over 20 Oh, you reckon it's going to go that far? I reckon it could hit. I, I, I'm just saying I'm a headline writer. I'm, it's a bold prediction. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, if, if you want to make a bet on that, I'm willing to take the other side of that bet. Sure. I'm notoriously optimistic. No, you're not. <laughs> you flip like bloody... I don't I'm know, notoriously what optimistic except about the swan's fortune. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next headline. High coal price bringing more projects online, increasing climate questions. Yeah, so, good. So I think um, the the simple prediction there is as if these prices stay higher for longer, and we have seen the oil price drop off meaningfully, um, but if these coal prices stay higher for longer, there will be marginal projects that are suddenly viable. Mm, and, mm. you know, coal mines take time to develop, but there might be pressure to for environmental approvals for a few. Mm. I like that. We'll say. Um, all right, I've got another one, and it is major retailers post dire earnings result flaming fears of recession. I don't think it's that bold, but it's going to happen. It's going to be a shocker. You reckon? Yeah. You are the retail whisperer. It's going to be a shocker. Absolute shocker. Uh, what have you got, Ren? So they're, they're actually the only two predictions I had, and then I saw that you did an AFL one, so I've done an AFL one as nice. well. <laughs> so do you want to start your AFL one first? Mine was, have you heard? James back at Windy Hill. Oh, and heard with H-I-R-D. <laughs> H-I-R-D, James Yeah, Hurd. it's funny. You've been so bullish on James Hurd coaching Essendon again. No, I haven't. In the office, you've been like, he has to. <laughs> no. he's, he's Essendon royalty. No, 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 get him out. Get him out. Uh, uh, hopefully he Brad Scott. He but anyway, coach. he won't coach. What have you got for yours? Eddie must hate this. <laughs> Grundy to Sydney in shock trade of the off-season. Wow, that's that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, you can't if, afford him though. Well, uh, everyone was like, "You got cap space for Dusty earlier this year." If if we can afford Dusty's one point two, we can afford Grundy's one. Collingwood takes some of the salary. But you've also just um, re-signed all your all your boys for quite a while. Buddy took so, a pay cut though. Yeah, but Mills, all the other boys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's keep moving, Ren. We are but going. To- imagine us with Grundy as Grundy and Hickey as our two ruckmen. Imagine. Yeah, that would be good. You, you do need someone to stop. Just um, tapping it down. To stop Hawkins kicking goals, <laughs> kicking goals out of the rock in grand finals. Anyway, let's keep moving after the That's break. Too soon. <laughs> after the break, we're going to have a chat about the British pound as it has absolutely been whacked and then have a look at some of the stocks that are on sale as a result. So stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, Ren, British pound has been smashed. The US dollar is on a tear. But the question that we were speaking about in the office this week is, what does this mean for us as investors? What does this mean for the UK stocks? Because a currency has an impact. 
Currency does have an impact. <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode. No, so look, I mean, in your What We've Learned This Week, you spoke about uh, sort of how this situation has developed. But the British pound is weak. The US dollar is strong. Um, it creates opportunities and especially in Britain. And we really wanted to start here because... I feel like maybe the the market missed this in, in all of the panic a little bit, but British companies more than most companies around the world are export-driven businesses. So they they are global. They have a global footprint, and we'll, we'll talk about some specific examples, but they have a global footprint. They sell in foreign currency, and then they bring that money back to Britain, convert it to pounds, and report their revenue in pounds. So if the British pound has been whacked and they're still selling their products overseas, that's going to give them a revenue boost because when they convert it back into pounds, that foreign currency buys more pounds, good for revenue. Hike, hike the bank accounts. Yeah. So I, I think if there, was one, if there was one economy that you would look to when their currency got whacked that they might see a revenue bump, it would be this one, maybe the US as well. But I think we were speaking to Kerry Craig from JP Morgan Asset Management and he made the point that 20% so of the FTSE 100 the 100 biggest UK listed stocks only 20% of their revenue comes from the UK mm. 80% of it comes from abroad mm. that's pretty big it's pretty significant yeah, yeah. so um, that that's i think the that should be the starting point for this conversation when we say are there opportunities to buy in Britain when the pound is weak? Because not only are you getting a cheaper share price because your foreign currency can buy more British stocks because they're priced in British pounds, mm-hmm. but also the British companies that you're buying might be getting, getting a revenue-free kick from the weak pound. So it's actually not all that bad. Well, I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like things aren't great in Britain at the moment. No, no. But uh, as as opportunistic capitalists coming in from abroad, we have opportunities. <laughs> Do stay tuned because next Thursday, the 13th of October, is when that interview with Kerry Craig comes out from JP Morgan Asset Management. And we cover a lot of what's going on in the macro environment, including currency. So, but Ren, we're here to discuss the, um, some of the specific stocks. So let's start by just taking a look at the FTSE 100 for yep. those that um, haven't uh, gone under the hood before to get a sense of what is in there because there are some pretty significant global companies. So let's, we'll just run through the top 10. So Shell, AstraZeneca, Unilever, HSBC and Diageo, and then BP, British American Tobacco. You always forget about that one. Glencore. You don't forget about that one. <laughs> Classic. Knew that set set up from a mile away. I actually <laughs> I finished the top 10 and then I, I've got an aside. Glencore, Rio and J- GSK. Glencore, yeah. Surprising they're still in there as well. Why are you surprised by that? The world's dodgy, biggest, dodgy world's do biggest, little. world's biggest mining company. Yeah, dodgy, dodgy do dodgy little. Do Allegedly, little. let's not get Do- sued. <laughs> Allegedly, dodgy do little. Yeah. Um, a, an aside about British American tobacco, I came across an investment thesis, 60, page, or 60 pages uh, based on vaping and an investment thesis for one company based on vaping. Do we want to do an episode on that? No. Nah. Oh, I thought, it, I thought it was interesting. What do you mean? Like the bull case for vaping? No, no, no. Like a stock that they they have made an investment thesis for based around vaping. It's, it, 
if it's not a tobacco stock, then I'm it's happy Philip to do Morris. it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, what the? It's a pretty straightforward. Right, th- right, it's a pretty right. straightforward thesis. If we're not gonna, if we're not gonna do an episode on it, let's uh, push to the forum. I will share the full sixty-page slide deck on the forum. So. If you're interested... Surely it's just nicotine is addictive. We're giving it to young people. Philip Morris. Uh, 57 <laughs> pages of uh, disclaimers. <laughs> nah, anyway, I thought it was like... Yeah, anyway. Anyway, Ren, anyway. so those are the top 10, but that doesn't uh, answer the question around um, is there anything of value? Is there anything in there that is on sale? So can I... Before we do that, look at that top 10 for a minute. Yeah. It wouldn't pass an ESG screen. No, oil. Oil company, pharmaceutical company, massive consumer goods company. Alcohol. That has some controversies. Uh, investment bank, alcohol, oil company, tobacco company, <laughs> mining company, mining company, pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Well, it's not called the ESG index. That's so. the uh, ESG dog whistle. You just got to keep doing them. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. So that's the top 10, but how do these rate in terms of the original question which we asked ourselves around, are there any stocks on sale? Is there any value in this? Looking at value, um, there some of these British stocks are trading on stupidly cheap PAs. Shell, five PA. Thought you'd be more interested in that. Uh, Rio, Rio Tinto, 4.6. Glencore, 4.1. Lloyd's, 6.4. Barclays, 4.9. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they, on paper, they seem cheap, but like, is it, uh, uh, and you might not have the answer, but I always question where that sits in terms of industry, in terms of their, uh, their average PE, you know what I mean? Like is, is a, is a, a five for show within its, its average PE ratio? Dude, it's a five. Yeah. No. <laughs> what, what is it normally? Well, I don't know, but I think, um, I think a key reason is that, Price to earnings, the earnings is trailing 12 months. Like the earnings is yeah. backwards looking, yeah. whereas price is forwards looking. Yeah. And so Shell has just come off a bumper profits season. You know, oil companies have had super profits, but the oil, comp- the oil price is down. So, yeah, the market's forward looking. True. Yeah. But still a 5 PE. Yeah. That's the problem with PE. So, but I guess there's, there's some options. Like if you just want to say the simplest valuation metric – What's cheap? But then we, we were having we were doing some research. We were looking at um we, we found a few f- hedge fund letters from UK hedge funds. A lot of them still invest in American stocks. Yeah, it's classic. Um, but we also found some uh s- some conversations on Twitter that we thought were interesting. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'll share the hedge fund letters on the community forum as well. Sure. I'm gonna have to remember to share a lot of stuff on this forum. You are, but yeah. um. Uh, we found a tweet. What are some competitively advantaged UK businesses that are trading at interesting valuations? Interesting. And so we found a few names. We're going to pull them out. We'll talk about what they do. Important caveat, we haven't reached the, researched them as investing options. We are, These aren't advice. These are just expanding your knowledge of what's out there because there are some interesting companies and then one very funny one that I want to finish with. Okay. Well, let's start with... Perhaps an obvious one that we've already touched on, and that is British American Tobacco. So this was overwhelmingly the the most common response I thought in the Twitter thread, which I was surprised by. It's the largest tobacco company in the world based on sales. Wow! So okay, yeah, still have four hundred full time employees in Australia. Would you believe it? 
I wouldn't. I would not believe that. I would not believe yeah. it either. That's okay. Surprising. Yeah. Was there any um, commentary around why? Is it purely just a valuation play at the moment for for these guys? Yeah, yeah. And tobacco companies just print Keep free cash flow. Yeah. yeah. Um, despite less and less people smoking. Yeah. yeah. Well, we spoke about at the top, Ren, um, you know, some of these companies that are listed on the FTSE, uh, the global reach that they have and, and sales around the world and probably uh, no better example, well, other than British American Tobacco, I guess, but Diageo was mm. another company that that uh, appeared on, on the list. The ticker is DEO, uh, one of the world's largest, if not the world's probably largest. Probably the Owner of alcohol brands, some of the most popular alcohol brands in the world. Company that we've spoken about a fair bit on the show. So, uh, if you if you yeah, looking at where revenues come from, it's truly global. We did a live show on the alcohol industry, and we the did. overwhelming takeaway is there's like a few giants that everyone seems to invest in, and this is one of them. This is one of them. Yeah. yeah. To the point earlier about a lot of these British companies selling outside of Britain, and then in doing so, pulling in foreign currency. Diar- only 20% of Diageo's sales are in Europe or the UK. So 80% are overseas. A lot of them are in America and that means they're pulling in US dollars and then converting it back to British pounds. Diageo isn't as cheap as a lot of these other British companies because a lot of investors are, you know, in love with it. Yeah. So um, that's, that's the question there. Like the value, you know, if we're talking about stocks being on sale in Britain at the moment, Diageo not... It's not quite as marked down as some of these other companies. Well, let's have a look at another one that popped up and that was Burberry. Have you ever shopped at Burberry? I'm not, I'm not a big fashion guy, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, I fe- definitely I f- know that. I feel like you would have a few things no, to No, I don't say. think I've shopped at Burberry. For those uh, unaware, it's a British luxury fashion brand uh, headquartered over in London, currently trading on a pay of 17 times. It's been holding up. By the look of things, it's only uh, it's only down about six percent year to date. But with all things that I think sit on the FTSE one hundred, they never move. No, <laughs> things do move. Things do move. Things do move. Uh, big in China, as I learnt from an Uber Massive driver China, one yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. What else have we got? Uh, naked wines. Have you heard of them? No. So actually, yes, I have a naked wines tote bag. Okay. Yeah. So I hadn't heard of them. They've got a great ticker, wine. W-I-N-E. They're the ones... Do you order much from Amazon? Much what? Just stuff. Yeah. You know how they always have the Naked Wines vouchers? yeah. Have you ever used one? No. Neither. No. (laughs) But every every Amazon box, Naked Wines offer. Anyway, I thought that was interesting that I can... It's not... Yeah, it's UK. It's UK. Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about about Britain. Yeah, but for some reason I had in my head that it was Australian because it's so present here. But anyway, it's obviously... British companies bringing revenue in go. overseas. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely used it. Another one that came up a few times in these conversations, plus 500. Um, the broker. The broker, CFDs. Yeah. Feels like a lot of CFD brokers come out of the UK. Mm. Do you notice that? IG, plus 500. CMC. Are they UK? I think so, yeah. They're European. Ah. Plus is their ticker. Uh, Greg's, Ren. What's Greg's? G-R-G. It's a bakery. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's just funny the things that you come across. Do I, like, I, I came across it and I was like, do we have a listed bakery in Australia? Baker's who, who, Delight, who Brumbies, like... Yeah. I don't think we have they're, a listed... They're not, they're not listed. They're not solely listed. I'm sure Brumbies or Baker's Delight is probably... 
surely I'm owned by one of the retail groups or... I reckon they would be not owned by a listed company. Okay. Let's find what, out. family owned or... No, like private equity owned, you know. Like who owns Fitness First? A private equity chain. Yeah. Oh, no, Baker's Delight. Family owned and operated. There you go. Good on them. All right. Well, then <laughs> uh, speaking of food, another one that popped up on the list was Tortilla Mexican Grill Mex. Yeah. Which is British's Guzman. Britain's Guzman. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I'm getting close to my wedding. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing yeah. the plot. I'm losing the plot. Britain's All right, well, let's, let's jump to the end. Um, I'll share the Twitter thread on the forum. God, the forum's going to be packed it with is. resources. Um, the last company that I just want to tell you, and it just reminded me the amazing array of options that are there on the share market. Cakebox Holdings, C-Box, okay. the ticker, you heard of it? No. So it has 185 stores and 35 kiosks that sell egg-free cake in boxes. Egg-free cake? Egg-free cake in boxes. That's the business. Nice. It's a $50 million, $50 million pound listed business with over 200 locations. <laughs> um, the founders don't believe you need egg in cake, so they've got a recipe that doesn't have egg in cake. Oh, so it's not a dietary thing. They just don't believe. Well, they're in their investor relations website because, yes, I did some research <laughs> on it. Um, they say that it expands the market. So all those dietary, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people who can't eat eggs are now in their total addressable market. But it's also they just don't believe you need eggs they in the recipe. Twofold. Now, I'm not a big baker, but it feels like eggs have long been a staple in cake recipes. But I guess then you open up the vegan market as well and stuff like that. I wouldn't mind trying one. No, you probably still have other ingredients that... Anyway. Who knows, yeah. Cake in a box. Well, that is why we love investing, Ren. Always coming across interesting companies that we would otherwise not come across. Yes, (laughs) yes. I can confidently say I never would have come across cake box holdings otherwise. That's it, that's it. But anyway, that, um, that does bring us to the end. We've covered a fair bit of ground. Plenty going on in the ASX. It's going to be interesting to see if our headlines hold true. Do stay tuned. As we said, we've got JP Morgan Asset Management next week with Kerry Craig. This Thursday, we have a huge interview though with Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase. Massive interview. We were stoked to be able to get him on the show. He's got some exciting news to share. And then Ren is coming in hot as well. Actually, we've got two massive interviews this week with Richard White, the billionaire of White, the billionaire founder of WiseTech. Yes. So um, if you're wondering why Ren's doing that solo, it's because I will be traveling to my wedding. Bit nervous, I must say. It's been a while no. since I've done a solo interview. Uh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll, might, you'll uh, nail it. Um, it you could might, be two hours long. You might not come back. <laughs> I might not come back. Sure. <laughs> uh, so plenty of uh, plenty of content this week. Don't forget to tune into the dive as well. We cover three business stories uh, on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we've also just started doing headlines to keep you up to date with some of the biggest business headlines around the world. Heaps of stuff going on. Come over to the forum, see all those resources that I spoke about. Come to FinFest, meet us, hear from some of these experts. <laughs> Plenty of equity mate stuff. We've got eight shows in the network. Give them a listen. Well, by the time We're going to go get Bryce married. Yes, <laughs> by the time this episode goes to air, there will only be less than two weeks until FinFest. So grab your tickets. They will, uh, they're on sale at equitymates.com slash FinFest. Now he's just stalling. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. You got to get married. I got to go get married. We'll leave it there and we'll pick it up next week. See ya. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. 
All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.